When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. I'm Hayden, your American friend with a passion for British Royal history. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode. I want to apologize for last week. It wasn't the most polished of episodes. I didn't have my usual setup, and I tried to get by with what I could. The audio and mixing wasn't the best. And I can happily say today we have more of our standard setup, so things will be a lot more mixed and balanced this episode, but I didn't want to go another week without a podcast episode, and even if it's not the most polished of episodes, I'm still happy that I could at least put something out for all of you. But now we have our original setup back, and we are back in business, and I'm very excited about that. Before we get into things today, I really want to give a shout out and thank you to Mark Anderson and those at beststartup.co.uk. The podcast was ranked not only in the top 20 best British royal family podcasts of 2021, it was also ranked in the top 20 best British film podcasts of 2021 as well. So thank you over to Mark Anderson and Best Startup for placing us on the list and giving the podcast some attention. I really appreciate that and very grateful to have been featured along a lot of other great podcasts. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to see the link to both articles, head over to the Twitter homepage where they will be linked. And once again, thank you to Mark Anderson and everybody there at beststartup.co.uk. In royal news, their royal highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, are finishing up a tour in Scotland. If you can remember a few episodes ago when we talked about the Palace of Holyrood House, I mentioned and we went briefly into detail about Prince William being the new Lord High Commissioner to the Church of Scotland. Well, now he's actually in Scotland, and to commemorate him beginning his tenure as Lord High Commissioner, they went on a tour of Scotland. Uh, William was alone for a few days, and then Catherine came up and joined him, and they've been doing a series of engagements. I know they met with NHS workers. They've done engagements a lot, of course, with COVID restrictions in mind, but they've been doing a lot in Scotland. I know in news there's been a lot of tension between England and Scotland and the greater UK, so having the Duke and Duchess there probably helped ease tensions a little bit. I'm not quite sure. This isn't a political analyst podcast, but they've been doing engagements and William will be spending more time in Scotland and staying at the at the Palace of Holyrood House for his time as Lord High Commissioner. The Queen and other royals are back out at work. The royal circular that I've seen on Twitter uh, states that she's been doing a lot of engagements out of Windsor Castle, but she did get out of the castle for one engagement. Uh, It was slightly comical when she did sign the guest book. There was a lot of noise and chaos going around, and she had forgotten what day it was. So there's a little funny moment where she asks everybody around her what day it is so she can sign the guest book, but... 
um, Her Majesty's outdoing work, as well as the Duchess of Cornwall and the Countess of Wessex. They've been seen out doing a lot of work as things are slowly beginning to reopen across England. Her Royal Highness Princess Eugenie has also launched an online auction to help raise funds for Horatio's Gardens. The, uh, the Crown Chronicle reported that on Twitter. Uh, the gardens uh, helps provide gardens for NHS spinal injury centers, and the link to the full article about that is on Twitter. Now into some sad royal connected news. Many sources are reporting that Arundel Castle in West Sussex has been robbed. At the time of recording, sources say that up to £1 million worth of items have been stolen. Many of them have connections to Mary, Queen of Scots. At the time of recording, they're still looking for the robbers, and it's a big loss to history, and as well as to His Grace the Duke of Norfolk, because the Duke owns Arundel Castle. So I hope that they find the items and return them back to the Duke and to the castle as well. No word has come if princess michael of kent is out of hospital as they always say no news is good news so possibly she's recovering well i don't know but last week we mentioned that she was in hospital and we don't know if she's out or how well she's doing getting into today's topic this is something that we need to discuss because not only is the media not letting go of it the individual in question is not staying out of the media and It's something that needs to be discussed because the public opinion on it keeps dividing public sources and publicity outlets and other tabloids are running with it and making up their own stories. And it's just something that we need to discuss and break down. And that is Prince Harry. Prince Harry recently was talking to Oprah again. And while the sentiment of the program is nice, and I'm glad that that specific program is happening, some things he's been saying again are enough to cause alarm. My first observation going into it, and we will discuss it further, and this is my opinion, is for somebody who says that they hate the press and the media and attention that the media brings, he's spending a lot of time in the media giving the media what they want. So there's some confusion here, but there's a lot of fuel being <laughs> there's a lot of fuel being thrown on a fire that is only going to get worse if things aren't aren't addressed, not by me, but by all parties involved. When we think of Prince Harry, we, of course, remember this little red-haired child who was the spare. He was never going to be king. And while he was the spare for quite a long time, he was never, there was never any intention for him to be king because William was born. And of course, once William started having children, then it was further solidified that he was just the second. And as we've seen it play out in shows like The Crown, but even in history, those that are the spare tend to fall into a weird place in history because they don't necessarily have a formal role. But he's always been this rambunctious, ornery child that we've seen in media. And as he's grown up, he still had this sort of rambunctious wild side. Um, A picture that comes to mind that sums this up perfectly, it was when Diana was still alive and Charles and Diana were still married, but separated at this point or getting ready to separate and William and Harry were young and it was a parade and you have Charles, Diana and William being very formal and together and being the roles that they need to be. And then William is off to the side and he's kicked his shoes off and he's, you can see his white socks against his black shoes, just rebelling against it. Another thing that also comes to mind that really sums up things wonderfully is Diana was doing an interview at Kensington palace 
And the videos, you can see, they've been used in documentaries, but Harry is interrupting her, telling her jokes, and making her laugh, so he's always been this rambunctious, ornery little child. But of course, things changed once Diana died, and that was an incredibly traumatic experience that really changed things, and I don't want to belittle that at all. The loss of a parent at any age is traumatic, and especially what she went through really can do a number on your mental, on your mental health. As he got older, and when he was in his early 20s, he got wrapped up in a few scandals. We can remember in 2005 when Prince William and Prince Harry went to a costume party and Harry decided to dress up as a Nazi. While he did apologize and did what he needed to do to remedy that situation, that damage has already been done. You can Google Prince Harry Nazi and see the tabloid headlines and him in that exact outfit. 2020 and 2021, of course, we've discussed at length, but especially 2021, he entered into more scandal and the public has been taking direct hits at him and accusing him of directly attacking the queen and the family. We've, of course, covered the infamous Oprah interview where the big takeaways from that interview are Meghan experienced racism within the firm and within the public. Both of their mental healths were in very, very low stages and stages of decline, and they needed to do something to get out. And Meghan was suicidal at one point. Harry also isn't on good terms with his father or brother. They're working through it. But he is happy with the decision he made to put his mental health first, albeit he did end up leaving work that he wished he could still have done. He didn't want the situation to come to that, and neither did Megan, but they had to do it in order to preserve their mental health. If you want to hear more details about the interview, especially right after it happened, you can go back through the back catalog and find that episode where we go very deep in depth into the interview with Megan and Harry together. In the coming fallout from that interview, the public and other royal commentators were very quick to point out discrepancies, and this is where the public really began to turn on them. It was very humbling in the moment, and it re- they really got the public on their side at first when they really re- revealed truths about asking for help and getting nothing. But then other commentators who know more about them than I do really began to point out holes and discrepancies in their stories, especially when it came to Megan's training, when it came to certain events and things that happened, they pointed out um, some things that didn't necessarily make sense. Additionally, it divided the public. Either you were on their side of very being very critical of the situation and the institution that they left, or you took the side of the institution and pointed out that these are direct attacks and very serious claims, but you're not providing names, you're not dropping hints as to who it was because of how damaging it would be. So the public are very divided, and now they seem to be taking more on the side of you are attacking the queen now. One thing that is also my opinion is Harry and Meghan pointed out that when they needed help, they didn't get anything, and that was their decision for leaving. I I can understand that, but if you think back to the 80s and 90s when Diana was still in the firm and alive, she did the same thing, and we are seeing a little bit of history repeating itself, where she asked for help, and she didn't get anything, but she just found her own help. She found her own series of therapists that weren't provided through the firm, and got what she wanted, so this is my opinion, is you could have followed more in her 
in his mother's footsteps and just got the help that they needed, did it on their own. You followed through the channels and did what you needed to do. You didn't get anything. Okay, cool. I'm just going to get what, what I want. And you could have stayed. That's just my opinion. Of course, take that with a grain of salt. That's just how I feel. But it's something when they talked about getting nothing in the first interview, that's something that's always stuck with me. But I digress. Prince Harry has now gone on television again and have talked about his struggles with mental health in a new series. Being reunited with Oprah in a series about mental health titled The Me You Can't See, this Apple TV Plus series follows Oprah and Prince Harry as they interview other celebrities and famous individuals and open up about their struggles with mental health and what their journey looks like for them. Oprah and Prince Harry are producers on the show and this is really their project put together. Now, that is wonderful, and I'm really glad this uh, program is being made. It's really helping to remove the stigma around mental health and getting the help that you need in different kinds of therapy and really reinforcing the idea that mental health looks different for everyone. However, Prince Harry in the premiere episode opened up and he shared some things that, again, people are accusing him of taking direct hits to the royal family and to the queen. Starting off the series with an in-depth focus into Prince Harry, the interview discusses how he had a lot of trauma that he had not dealt with before and even when Meghan entered the picture, and Meghan noticed it. He said that for their relationship to really work, he had to go back and deal with the anger and trauma that he had endured, experience it, process it, and then move forward. The loss of his mother really led him down a dark path of drugs and drink when he was in his mid to late 20s and even into his early 30s. He even said that being in her funeral procession and being there was just like an out-of-body experience he was there but he just can't he just couldn't process it as he began to work for the firm and be a more senior member of the royal family he would have panic attacks and he would have severe anxiety around engagements and doing this and doing that and in order to cope with it what did he do he turned to drink and he turned to drugs he would say that he would have a whole week's worth of alcohol on one friday night and he would just use that to medicate because he didn't want to deal with the pain He did what he needed to do to get by, to not just stay above water, but to keep treading water, so to speak. He said that he was really ashamed to go to his family about his issues and his struggles because he knew that his family wouldn't be what he needed. And that is something that, while damaging and hurtful, I can at least understand and relate to. As someone who themselves is going through therapy to deal with trauma, I can understand the apprehension and anxiety going around dealing with it because you don't want to do it because it hurts but it needs to be done in order to truly be happy. Much like the interview prior with Oprah, Harry opens up about the racism Meghan experienced and the harassment she experienced from the press. He reinforces that point by saying when we went to the firm for help, not only with the racism, but with the press and everything in between, they got silence. He really liked the, likened the experience back to when his mother was alive and how when they would get in cars and they would be hounded by press and she would try to drive, she couldn't really, she could barely see because how much she was crying. So, of course, now seeing it yourself and experience it, that's going to bring back some very painful memories. When 
of course, reinforcing the idea when he went to the family, he got nothing. And of course, it's that now started to do a number on his mental health. And he started to feel hopeless and dark and not wanted. And when Megan revealed she was having thoughts of suicide, that was the final sign that things needed to change. And he's quoted by saying, We spent four years trying to make it work. We did everything we possibly could to stay there. A key moment in this interview that stands out to me is he really begins to compare his experience with the press to that of his mother when the divorce was finally finalized and she was starting to date Dodi Al-Fayed. And he makes a point of my mother's harassment with the press got worse when she started dating a person of color. They didn't like that she was dating a person of color. I'm now married to a person of color and the harassment is just as bad. And the harassment finally stopped when my mother died. They won't stop harassing my wife until she's dead. And that's something that really stood out to me and really kind of struck a chord in me because it's he's directly calling out the media. He's in some ways calling their bluff. They keep harassing him and he mentions that he doesn't want to lose another woman in his life that he cares so much about and of course he starts to visibly get emotional which does anybody would but that moment really stands out and that sort of hung in the air the interview not only talks more about his mental health but there's also moments of it where they feature some of his therapy sessions and those are quite intense the type of therapy he's going through to really deal with trauma is something that I've had a few friends do, and it's not fun, but of course it's reliving the trauma and processing the trauma so you can move on. So while it's not fun in the moment, it does have important aspects about it, so that type of therapy is very valid, but it was weird. It was very weird having moments of that therapy session, something so personal, be put in a session. And that was something I was surprised at, that they featured actual therapy session moments. He didn't really talk much about the current state and current relationship he has with the firm. He just said that there's a lot of work that needs to be done there, which is another point reinforced from the initial interview back in March. We know things are going to drastically change once Charles assumes the throne. We know that the royal family is going to look different. And the fact that the relationship hasn't been repaired, at least that what we know of publicly, is something that we know will affect how their position within the royal family will change. They're granted they're not working members anymore, but they're still a part of it. We know when asked about this in public, Charles and William ignore the questions. They don't answer them, they avoid them, they don't act like they hear them, which is their attempts to keep this a private family issue. So, there's a lot to unpack in this interview, and a lot of truths and stories are being shared. But before we get into my discussion on it and initial thoughts and feelings about it, I do want to say that I'm glad he's being vulnerable and talking about his about his mental health and trying to remove the stigma around it. So I'm very happy he's doing that. And suicide is something that should not be taken lightly, and it should be taken seriously. And if you are suicidal, listening to this, knowing you are not alone, and there are resources out there for you to get help. Suicide is something that should not be taken lightly. That being said, we're going to talk about some of his answers. My main feeling and main opinion still stands. For somebody who's made it known that they don't like the press and media because in many ways they are responsible for the death of their mother, he's spending a lot of time talking to the press. 
he's talking again to another media outlet. Granted, they're interviewing him, and he is some ways controlling the narrative, so he has some agency over it. But again, he's still talking to the press. The press now are being given very personal, very vulnerable, and very damaging claims to very damaging stories to then run with. And now the tabloid that naturally makes up some of their headlines, the tabloid media has now more fuel that they can run with. And another question that I have is, why are we going so public with this? Of course, in some ways, you can use the publicity to act as leverage, to try to get what you want. But in some ways, the public isn't for them anymore. The public is getting frustrated and annoyed with them. And the public is divided on their feelings of them. So, again, my opinion, so as somebody who, as I'm getting older, likes to keep some of my more personal things private... This is very big, and why would you go public with all this? Again, you're talking to the media, you're talking to the press. Talking about mental health is one thing, and that is your own decision. But again, reinforcing claims that you've already made in another interview, again, I just, I don't know why he's going public with all of this. This is something, you know, yes, the family's strained, and it's a very public family, and they're a royal family, and they're a working family, and they represent England. But again, I just, why are we going public with it? That's just my question. You hate... Harry's made it known that he doesn't like the media, but he's going to the media a lot right now. This is just further reinforcing the royal rift between brothers not getting better and the cold institution, but also Harry being manipulative and trying to get what he wants. And there's a lot that the media is going to run with this. Additionally, I still stand by my one claim that things are not as bad as he's painting them to be. And why do I think that? Again, we have the funeral of Prince Philip, where we see Harry being cordial and respectful and actually talking to Catherine. And then Catherine is joined by William, and the three of them have a seemingly respectful, nice conversation. Whether it was them putting on airs and trying to present a united front for the family, we don't know. But this was after the funeral, and this was when they were getting in their cars to go home. And there's this brief moment where they're all talking and chatting and being civil with one another very quick very brief could mean nothing but i think that means something that maybe the media is taking more with it maybe harry's spinning more of a story that isn't the truth not calling him a liar not calling him not trying to devalue his experience because clearly it was traumatic and it hurt him but again that moment right there is very telling Much like when Princess Margaret was younger and at the coronation, she was seen picking the lint off of Group Captain Peter Townsend's lapel. Little moments like this give away the actual functions of the relationship. We do know that after the interview, there there were discussions with Charles, William, and the Queen with Harry, but those were kept very private and we don't know what they talked about. And I doubt we ever will. One thing to also point out in all this, especially after this Oprah interview with just Harry alone for the uh, series that they're doing, is that many people are now really starting to attack the Duchess, the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan. And many people are saying that she's actually abusing and manipulating Harry. That a lot of this is stemmed from her entering the picture. That he's now closed off from his family he's moved away there's a divide in the family 
He doesn't want anything to do with his family. And many people are saying that possibly Megan is to blame for all of this. We can think back before Megan at least was publicly known in the family that Harry, William, and Catherine had an initiative about mental health. They had opened up previously about their mental health, especially William and Harry, in interviews and documentaries past after the death of their mother. They have they been very vulnerable about it before. So the narrative of the trauma of the death of Princess Diana was something that we the public already knew. And how deep and far that trauma went was their own story to, to control. But we at least knew that. That wasn't something anything new. And we already had some general idea that being in this public work was draining on mental health. We, we already knew that. So what changed when Megan entered the picture? Now all of a sudden everything's bad. And many people are going, this is leading up to when Megan entered the picture and things are jovial, things are great, things are fine. Is it them putting on graces and just not talking about trauma or were things actually great? We'll never know the complete story. But the big thing that many people are pointing out is once Megan entered the picture, everything changed. So people are beginning to cite, hey, wait a minute, maybe Megan's being manipulative. That is not my opinion. That is not what I believe. I'm just merely stating that people are now starting to really put blame on Megan for this. Saying that she's actually abusing Harry and Harry's in the situation too deep to realize that this is what's actually going on. But again, that's another side of the story that just needs to be mentioned that this is what people are saying. I personally don't think being this open, this vulnerable, and this candid is going to help the situation for either Prince Harry or the royal family. Having his therapy session being featured in the actual program was weird. I'm not going to lie, because that's something I don't want to see. Therapy is so personal. Therapy is your safe space where you can get the help you need with a trained professional. I don't want that. I don't want my therapy sessions to be made public. So seeing him make him make his public and actually inviting a camera in was just weird. But being this vulnerable is going to give the media and tabloid press more fuel for them to run with, to exaggerate and make up their own stories. And we're already seeing that now. I understand wanting privacy and respect from the media, especially in the world that they live in. Being public figures, public servants, royals, working for the country, and just being public figures our entire lives. And I understand wanting respect and privacy after what William and Harry went through with the loss of their mother, where instead of the tabloid press offering to help, they took pictures instead. I'm happy that this series is being made about mental health and other large public figures coming forward with their mental health journey, but I don't think this was the wisest of choices highlighting Prince Harry again, because as we're seeing, and listeners, I bet you've seen as well, this isn't helping anything. This isn't humanizing him anymore. This isn't helping the firm. This isn't helping, this isn't helping anybody anymore. And it's not letting the dust settle. It's not letting the family then on their own terms talk about things again when everybody's in a state to talk about it. The dust had just settled around the interview with Megan and Oprah, and now it's being kicked up again with this interview again. I still have, you know, I'm talking in circles at this point, but this isn't going to help anything in the future, and it may start to make things worse for all parties involved. But let me know, what do you think? What Do you agree with some of my opinions, Shay, or do you disagree? That's completely fine if you disagree. But what do you think? 
Am I being too critical? Am I not being critical enough? Let me know on Twitter. Tag me in some of your posts and let me see. I'd love to continue a discussion with all of you to see if you agree, disagree. Am I being too critical? But I felt that we needed to discuss Prince Harry in depth again because this interview didn't help anything in terms of the situation. Wonderful that he's sharing and telling his own story. Do not want to belittle that. But I don't think this is helping anything in the future. Harry continuing to talk about this is only aiding and keeping the public interest and keeping the media interest and wanting to know more and not helping anything. But there you are, everyone. Prince Harry sat down for another interview himself with Oprah for a series that he's doing with her, and things aren't getting any better. My sources for today's episode are The Sun, NPR, and The New York Times, as well as various other Twitter royal commentators and the public just like you on Twitter. If you made it this far, thank you for stopping by the podcast today. If you would like to recommend topics for future episodes or would like to let me know how I'm doing, you can drop me a line over at BritishRoyalFanPod at gmail.com. Additionally, if you want to stay up to date with the podcast and other events happening within the royal family, you can follow me on Twitter at Fanatic underscore Royal. I'm doing my best to post more updates, interact with all of you, and to try to make the show as best as possible. Additionally, if you feel so inclined and would like to donate to the show, there are two links that you can click on. There's the PayPal one-time donation link on Twitter that is pinned at the top of the page. Or if you would like to make monthly donations, there's that link over on the Anchor homepage. Any and all donations are wonderfully appreciated. You'll get a shout out on the podcast and I'll continue to make this show the very best it can be. Head over to Spotify anchor cast box and more to rate review subscribe and share that really helps as the audience here at the podcast continues to grow have a great week everyone stay safe and healthy do something nice for someone and i'll see you in the next one